Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Yeah, top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions obviously listening around the world on Blog Talk Radio, live from Santa Monica slash Venice, Venice Boulevard. This is Tough Love. I'm Alistair Conrad. Hopefully everybody's having a great Sunday thus far. Um, that's not a body in the bag behind me. That's <laughs> Those are actual suits. Uh, that I would rather not have dust on. I just picked up that dress, that trunk. Uh, it's quite large, but it does fit in here. Um, all right. I do. I mean, that looks terrible, that body bag. Uh, it's not, I promise you. Um, don't call the cops. I don't need anybody knocking at the door. Um, obviously, the NFL draft uh, is over with. Uh, and so, you know, for the next half hour or however long I feel like talking, uh, we'll chat NFL draft. And, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, what was the big takeaways from it? Um, obviously, we'll hit on the Giants. Like, you know, I mean, it's tough not to hit on the Giants. What, there's obviously Dave Gettleman, the GM, got fired from Carolina for a reason. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. And it's it's so tough to sit here or, you know, like whatever. And I know a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, I I can do a better job than GMs and this and that. Um, I truly feel like I can. <laughs> Born and raised in a football family by coaches, um, and I just know I know the game. And it's just – it's hard to sit back and watch a bunch of idiots. And they and they don't know what they're doing. A lot of them truly don't know what they're doing. Dave Gettleman, I have no idea what he is – could possibly have been thinking on Friday or Thursday, Thursday, um, in that first round. They, that's un, It's not as though people were lining up to get Daniel Jones, you know, the quarterback from Duke who they selected. And number six, mind you, they didn't have this to wait until the second round at the 17th pick. They had the first round 17th pick, so they could have waited 
and got Daniel Jones there because nobody fucking wanted him. Man, you know, if they thought, if they truly thought Washington was a player on Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman should be fired solely off of that because they were obviously going with Dwayne Haskins. Just Daniel Snyder and I. I know it's real. Being that his kid and Dwayne Haskins went to the same school is probably enough for Daniel Snyder to draft Dwayne Haskins. You know, oh, you go get I know him, blah, blah, blah. And plus, Dwayne Haskins actually went crazy last year at Ohio State compared to Daniel Jones at Duke. Obviously, yes, there is a wicked talent disparity. I understand that. Yet at the same time, Dwayne Haskins has a great arm. He's super accurate, which I always talk about on this show, and I think it's widely agreed upon that the number one attribute uh, a quarterback should have is arms or, or accuracy. Obviously, being able to make the throws helps, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady not only because he never gets touched in the pocket, has <laughs> a great offensive line, but he's, he's so accurate. He is incredible. That was the same thing with Joe Montana. He can fit it to where other people are and, and get the receiver open. Throw the receiver open is the term. Uh, and Daniel Jones, 58% accuracy in college. Granted, that's the same thing that Josh Allen had last year or two years ago, I guess, whatever, at Wyoming, and that was the knock on Josh Allen. Obviously, he's only one year in, um, but he looks – all right at Buffalo, um, who, by the way, had a great draft, too. Um, but Daniel Jones was would have been there at 17 for the Giants, and the Giants at 6 could have got Josh Allen, the end Kentucky, edge rusher Kentucky, not to be confused with aforementioned Josh Allen quarterback Wyoming now with Buffalo. Could you imagine Jacksonville sitting at number 7 and how just – <laughs> shocked they must have been to just sit there at seven thinking, all right, well, Giants, you know, the way it's unfolding, because the draft went interesting, especially with Oakland at four, and I'll get to that. Um, the first three picks were pretty status quo. Fifth pick was pretty status quo, honestly, with Devin White going to the Bucks. Oakland taking Pharrell was, uh, you know, off the, you know, off the beaten path, not, not uh, what was expected. I'll get to that. Um, and so there's the Giants <laughs> at six. I, you know, everybody, everybody is thinking, yeah, they they need an They just traded Olivier Vernon, you know, to the Browns, and so they need an edge rusher. They they need an edge rusher. <laughs> Common sense says, yeah, Josh Allen, are arguably the best edge rusher in college football last year. Absolutely, we're going to take him. And then they take Daniel Jones, who obviously they, they completely outsmarted themselves. He was definitely going to be there when they picked again at 17, and they end up taking him at six. And Jacksonville must have, I mean, not to be too graphic, but they probably enjoyed themselves somewhere. That's incredible. So Josh Allen gets drafted by Jacksonville. And, uh, I mean, a Jacksonville defense that obviously failed miserably last year, but 
ended up, uh, you know, getting, again, arguably the best pass rusher in the draft to team up with Calais Campbell and company on that defense, Jalen Ramsey and the rest of them. Um, not bad. Not bad. But uh, the Giants, I don't know. I don't know. You know, in fact, let's see. Let's just see what the Giants, what else the New York football Giants did. So at, at their second pick, they did take Dexter Lawrence, who I really like, the, the D-tackle <clears throat> from Clemson. I like him a lot. I love DeAndre Baker, the corner from Georgia. So that's their first three three picks. They moved up and then at the end of the first to get DeAndre Baker. I appreciate that. I truly do. DeAndre Baker is a baller, and I love him. Um, Julian Love, another corner from Notre Dame, who unfortunately got hurt last year but was playing top five corner in the country at the time. Um, and then, you know, they got, they got three corner – four no, three cornerbacks. Eh, whatever. Uh, but bottom line, they messed up. They messed up. They could have, you know, I mean, Dexter Lawrence is great, but they don't need a quarterback this year. They they should have all together on a quarterback and then ended up, you know, taking uh, Josh Allen at six, Dexter Lawrence still at 17. You know, you could have had an insane D-line in a blink of an eye. And instead, you know, and then taking, still taking DeAndre Baker, trade up and give DeAndre Baker at the end of the first. Talk about a, a really, really nice haul. Uh, you know, I mean, they just messed up. They just messed up. I will say this, and it's it's sad because I will go down fighting to say that Barry Sanders is the best running back to ever play. Given what he had to play with in Detroit, the things that Barry Sanders did, to be still great when you didn't have a quarterback, you didn't have anything. I mean, granted, you had Herman Moore, Johnny Morton at times, um, but your offensive line wasn't that great. To, to do what Barry Sanders did, and I will always argue the point, you switch teams. You put Barry Sanders on those Dallas teams that Emmett Smith was, was on, and you put Emmett on those Detroit teams, I think my point is proven without having to say much much more. Um, but I feel bad for Saquon Barkley because I feel like Saquon might have the same career of Barry Sanders. Now, obviously, Hall of Fame career individually, you know, I mean, Saquon Barkley is on that trajectory. But in the sense of team accomplishments, I just don't, you know, He's got Daniel Jones for the foreseeable future as his quarterback. Obviously, one more with Eli, probably a half a season, you know, and then they'll get rid of him. Um, but Saquon Barkley's going to, you know, have to endure what Barry Sanders did. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad because they had the opportunity to really, like, you know, put a defense together, give Saquon Barkley another year with Eli, whatever, suck, you know, or, or, top five, possibly top 10 for next year, which is an insane group of quarterbacks that is coming out. Um, and, uh, you know, just one year of patience and one year of, uh, you know, sucking just to, to, to get a better quarterback. And they, they, yeah, they fucked up. Uh, so anyway, that's, I had to touch on that. That's just incredible to me. How, how the Giants, like I said, like I said, Dave government got fired from Carolina for these reasons. And for whatever reason, the Giants 
go and pick him up. And he does this. He does what Dave Gettleman does and, and submarines this franchise. And I don't give a shit about the Giants. I could care less. But submarines this franchise for the foreseeable future. Um, obviously, I am a Vikings fan. And, um, you know, the Vikings draft, first pick, Garrett Bradbury, knocked it out of the park. 100%. I said it before the draft. I said, uh, you know, I sent a text out to my buddies. I hope they draft Garrett Bradbury. Best center to come out in a long time. Also, not only that, but it fills a need, a void on the Vikings offensive line because Pat Elfline has proven that he's not NFL center material, which is fine because he played three years at guard at Ohio State before moving over to center and ultimately winning the Remington Trophy for the best offensive lineman. But even so, he's better at guard than he is at center. So you get to push Elfline over to a guard position. Bradbury comes in, automatic plug-and-play starter. Uh, I mean, that Bradbury arguably is the best center to come out in a draft in, I don't know, five-plus years. I mean, they're, they're um, comparing him to, like, Kevin Mawai. Uh, of the Jets, and I'm telling you right now, Kevin Mawai is a Hall of Fame center. So if Bradbury has 80% of that career and talent, Vikings knock it out of the park. Um, the only thing that I have an issue with, two things, and the, and the first explains the second. But in the second round, I'll bring it up. You know, the Vikings got Garrett Bradbury, right? So my and I here's the thing. I don't mind Irv Smith, the tight end, who they got at eighteen in the second round. I'm telling you, Kyle Rudolph, I've said for a couple of years now, runs in cement. He uh, he's got great hands. Kyle Rudolph has great hands. He does have a great catch radius. He catches most passes that are thrown to him. The problem is he has no separation. He catches it and he goes down like a sack of potatoes, and that's it. That's it. He does no run after catch at all. And on top of it, as a defensive coordinator, when you are game planning against the Vikings, you're not taking Kyle Rudolph into consideration at all. You're game planning for Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and that's about it, Kirk Cousins, obviously. So, therefore, to add a guy like Irv Smith, who was a stalwart at Alabama, a well-rounded tight end, Catches the ball really well, runs good routes, has four six speed, and is an adequate blocker. And actually says, "I pride myself on blocking." You watch the tape; he isn't bad. There's no doubt; he's not bad as a blocker. Um, and so, I, it's the more I think about the pick, I like it. The only problem is in the second round, the Vikings had already gotten Bradbury right, and Atlanta showed on on Thursday they moved back into the first round to get another Caleb McGarry, another offensive lineman after getting Lindstrom out of Boston college at 14. So a team that really wanted to solidify their offensive line to, because Matt Ryan had an issue with pressure last year and it really messed up their team run blocking and pass blocking sound familiar Vikings fans. Exactly. So Atlanta moves back up. Get to another first rounder so they have a guy who can a, a fifth year option. They have the opportunity to to take out that option. In the top half of the second round, you had Jacksonville, 
trade up and get Juwan Taylor out of Florida. You know, arguably top 10. Everybody was thinking he was top 10 talent. He drops in the second round. Jacksonville trades up to get him. Carolina trades up. It's Greg Little, the offensive lineman from um, Ole Miss. Next pick, Buffalo trades up. It's Cody Ford, really good tackle from Oklahoma. Denver stays in their spot. It's Dalton Risner from K-State. Uh, Green Bay stays in their spot. It's uh, uh, Jenkins from Mississippi State. But the one that hurt, I think, the most, and this is why I feel like the Vikings just got caught sleeping at the top half. Obviously, they're going to say, no, 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 we wanted Irv Smith all along. The same old rhetoric. It's just bullshit. Two picks ahead of the Vikings, the goddamn Saints, who Vikings fans hate, the Saints traded up and got Eric McCoy, the center, the second best center next to Bradbury. But on top of that, very uh, had a bunch of intangibles, played a you know different positions, could have been a plug and play at a guard, 100%. Which I know we got Klein from Tennessee in the uh, you know for, as a free agent, but this McCoy dude is legit. And I feel like the Vikings just got caught sleeping. That's it. I love Irv Smith. I, I like it. I, I love it. I just feel like the Vikings needed another offensive lineman. There's things that, you know, you can argue, you never know. It's throwing darts, so on and so forth, which is true. But a first rounder and a second rounder, you're probably going to hit more. I don't know this for sure. I don't know the stats but you're probably going to hit on a first and second rounder more than you would a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. That's, I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing that's probably right. Um, Just common sense, makes sense. And so therefore for the Vikings to get the Maya kid, the guard from Oklahoma in the fourth. Yeah. I mean, the kid played at Oklahoma blocked for Baker Mayfield blocked for Kyler Murray. Not bad. Right. Um, But there's a reason he dropped to four. And so if you can make him into something, you know, or whatever, that's fine. Or, you know, if he's going to be a backup, but tackles on the Vikings, question marks, you know? And so I just feel like they could have gotten a traded up and done something. The reason why they didn't, and this is, I truly believe this, they are so salary cap ridden that they just can't pay the, you know, to have too many top players. So, therefore, they stockpile sixth and seventh round picks knowing full well they don't have to pay them. Or they just cut them, pay them a lot, I guess I should say, or just cut them. Like, ah, whatever, you know? So, that's kind of the, the rub. The, the problem is the Vikings paid Everson Griffin after he went local last year and had to miss the season, part of the season because he was crazy. And then, and then the Vikings are like, ah, Let's just give him more money. Let's just give him a new contract. (laughs) Makes no sense. Rudolph, who I just mentioned, he should have been expendable. Buy, cut ties with him, save some salary cap. Could have saved some with Emerson Griffin. Anthony Barr is the biggest question mark. When he signed the contract with the Vikings, you know, a couple weeks back or a month ago in free agency, you know, on this show I said, well, hopefully they got different plans for him. Because if they just gave him that much money to do what he's been doing the last four years, sucking, in my opinion, then it's a waste of money. And all that money, all that salary cap 
you know, got taken up. So instead of having picks that you could have traded up to, to do like other teams did at the top of the second, you could have still possibly even held on to your other second rounder and still got Irv Smith. But because I think they are capped, you know, money-wise, they didn't do that. And instead, they just traded back and accumulated six and seven-round picks. The, the worst thing, and don't get me wrong, I like Madison. You know, it's like the kid from Boise State, the running back. End of the third round, last pick, in fact, of the third round. The Vikings have need at D-tackle because going into the season right now, their starter is Shamir Stevens, which, exactly, Shamir Stevens. And the cornerback, they need a possible depth there. Uh, Holton Hill suspended for the first four games. Trey Waynes is a goddamn dumpster fire. I've said that ever since, you know, his rookie year. He's terrible. Um, Xavier Rhodes, obviously, is good. Who knows about Mike Hughes? He's coming back from injury. How's he going to play? So cornerback is, you know, a need. D-tackle more than anything was a need. But what do they do? They take a fucking running back. I mean, yeah, you lost Latavius Murray. I get it. You want a replacement for Latavius Murray. But Madison was projected fifth round at best, sixth probably. And you go and you take him in the third where you could have got a D-tackle to at least give Stevenson Angelil Johnson, some uh, uh, really good co- competition, blah, blah, blah. That's the thing that bothers me. That's why it's like, what, why? Uh, yeah, Madison's a good kid. He led the whack in rushing. But running backs are a dime a dozen in this league. They, they really are. And, uh, you know, I mean, unless it's elite, unless you have an elite running back, you know, running backs are pretty much eh, whatever. So, that's the problem I had is you spent a third erroneously. You should have taken a D tackle, possibly a corner, for sure a D tackle or another offensive lineman, but a D tackle. And then, you know, you take a running back. So that's, that's my issue with the Vikings. They are switching to the zone blocking scheme with Kubiak coming in. The people that they have and drafted work well with the zone blocking scheme. Delvin Cook is at, he's perfect for the zone blocking scheme. Draw it out, cut it up. Draw it out, cut it up. Delvin is going to be fantastic in this zone blocking. I just hope for health for Delvin, the offensive line. You know, I mean, that's that's what I'm hoping. So that's the Vikings, and uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I gotta check and see how I'm doing on time here. Uh, wherever the, uh, where the hell is it? Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my fault. Hold on. I just got to see how much time I got. Let's go into the studio here. Um, oh, okay. Six minutes left. Um, so a couple things on that, uh, you know, on other teams, a lot of people were slamming Oakland. And I was so interested to see what Oakland was going to do you know it's Mike Mayock who's doing what I do you know like oh, just talk about stuff and granted you know he got paid to be a NFL analyst draft analyst uh, so he obviously you know had more time than I do to go over things and so forth but you know a lot of people 
slammed the Raiders for getting May- Mayock just because the guy didn't have any, you know, experience. Uh, and so everybody was, in, you know, interested to see what they did. Well, I tell you what, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't think they did too bad, honestly. And, and again, number four, you know, they take Cleveland Pharrell. A lot of people were thinking, you know, because Oakland mentioned, oh, we're going to surprise people. And, they, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to get the Hulkinson kid, a tight end from Iowa, who slam dunk. Um, but they end up taking Pharrell, uh, the DN edge from Clemson. They lost Khalil Mack. Pharrell's going to come in. Pharrell is an absolute monster. He's a beast. And they knocked it on the park with him. He, I mean, he's t- he reminds me of Simeon Rice. Uh, the old DN for the Buccaneers, who is really, really good. Uh, and I I feel like that's my comparison for him. And if that's the case, that's a really good pick. And it's a need. It, it's what, exactly what they needed. Second pick, they got, you know, what everybody thought they would, Josh Jacobs, the running back from Alabama, who is going to be <laughs> – I pray he doesn't get hurt because with John Gruden and that offense – He's going to be really, really fun to watch for whatever reason. And don't get me wrong. Damian Harris is a nice back for Alabama. But once we saw Josh Jacobs in the college football playoff, I, I remember turning to my buddy and, and telling him, wow, where has this kid been? Well, how have they been hiding this kid? Because he was epic. And he had a great college football playoff. Um, and then they got Jonathan Abram, the safety from Mississippi State. Uh, who is a slam dunk. This kid is so, so good. I wonder why Mississippi State wasn't better, honestly. Their defense, holy Hannah, and their offensive line, I don't know, uh, possibly their skill positions, the quarterback and so forth. But uh, And then they got Trayvon Mullen, a corner out of Clemson, uh, which is cool because he and Pharrell probably are buddies. But I like Trayvon Mullen a lot. I thought he was underrated at Clemson, and it, I think that's going to be an upgrade for an Oakland defense that's really, really bad, right? Uh, so they got three within the four four picks. Max Crosby, a good one. Uh, the steal of the draft, honestly. I, it's amazing. I'm shocked that the Patriots didn't get this guy. But Hunter Renfro, the, the Clemson wide receiver, is epic, truly epic, and I think he is going to be absolutely awesome. Um, little time left, but I do want to hit on Arizona. Obviously, Kyler Murray goes first, right? What does that mean for Josh Rosen? Well, it means you're out. I like Josh Rosen. I've said that for a long time now. I saw him play here in high school at St. John Bosco, uh, UCLA. You know, think about this. No, not many people talk about it. Josh Rosen, since UCLA, and up through his first year at Arizona last year, has had six, six offensive coordinators. That means you have to learn a new playbook every year. Every offensive coordinator is bringing in their own playbook, and that's you have to relearn. Put this in perspective. Tom Brady has basically had the exact same playbook for 18 years. So it's so hard. And people, again, they, you know, that was the thing with Alex Smith. Alex Smith had an, a hard time in San Francisco because he had an off- new offensive coordinator. 
every single year. It's it's difficult. You know, people are like, oh, well, what's the problem? Well, because a, a playbook is like that goddamn big. You know what I'm saying? And you have to sit there and like learn that every year over and over and over. It's hard. And so therefore Josh Rosen, and I know people like to hate on him because, you know, he's brash, whatever. The kid grew up in Manhattan Beach, okay? He's a spoiled kid. He went to St. John Bosco, a private prep school down in Bellflower. You know, he is nationally nationally ranked quarterback, number one coming out of high school, number one foot team in the nation, and then goes to UCLA. I mean, he's been a silver spoon kid, but he's smart. He's talented. And, uh, you know, I mean – Miami's got a great Jewish community to hopefully bring him in and support him. Miami's a great city. It's fun. Um, you know, so we'll see. It depends, obviously, on who they put around him. Um, but a minute left on the show. But, so we'll see. We'll see. But, um, you know, as far as Kyler Murray goes, it's a, it, Kyler Murray, I don't think it's ever been done to have a, a player be top 10 drafted in one um, league and another one. I, Dave Winfield comes to mind. Um, John Elway possibly comes to mind. I don't know these to be sure, but Tyler Murray is a slam dunk. He really is. As long as he can stay healthy uh, with Cliff Kingsbury, their new coach, I think that's great. Um, Arizona had a great draft, a really, really good draft. Um, Oakland did. Atlanta did. Uh, I hate to admit it, but New Orleans and Green Bay uh, did too. Uh, so we'll see. It was a, it was fun. It was, what a deep draft. Ten seconds blog talk. I'm out with you guys. Love you. Drive fast. Take chances. Have an awesome day. Facebook Live. Thanks for joining in as usual. Um, listening to me rant. I hope you all have a fantastic Sunday fun day, and uh, I'll see you next week. Take care.